We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. We serve the only and true God. Everybody else is wasting their time. If you don't believe that, then why in the world do you bother serving the one you serve? He's the only one worthy of praise. And get this, our God loves to do great exploits. What does that mean? Some of y'all don't understand that terminology. So let's just put it in simple English. Our God loves to do great and mighty things. And in the right attitude, He likes to show off a little bit. You know why? Because He's worthy of praise. See, if He was doing it and He wasn't worthy, then it would be called uh, being conceited. But He's worthy of it. He can do great things and people can just sit in awe. Y'all turn to Hebrews chapter 11 today. Power in the Word of God. Hopefully y'all can see some of that today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. You know, Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter. And we're going to touch on faith a little bit today, but mostly what we're going to do is talk about the greatness of God and how He likes to demonstrate that through us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. If I end up kicking this thing over this morning, y'all just excuse me, but it's going to be in my way, I can tell already. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. And really to understand the full gist of this, you need to go back and read the first 31 verses, but you can do that on your own time. I was at a, a conference one time, and this lady got up and started preaching, and all of a sudden I realized that everything she was saying was word for word, Hebrews chapter 11. She was about halfway through the chapter when I realized that. I thought she was just preaching the sermon and was fired up. No, she was quoting the Word of God. She quoted that entire chapter without taking a breath just about. And it was powerful. You know, there's power in the Word of God. Don't read this thing like it's some boring, dusty book. If it's dusty, it's because you had not picked it up enough. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? What else can I say about it? For the time would fail me. I don't have enough time to tell you. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. That ain't Barack Obama. And of Samson and of Jepheth and of David and of and also of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith, what? Subdued kingdoms. Subdued kingdoms. And we can't hardly pray to God and ask Him to help us on our light bill or our car note. Huh? These people subdued kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouth of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. 
women receive their dead raised to life again. That's, that's something to get excited about. And others were tortured. What? Tortured, not accepting deliverance. Why? Because they believed God. They wasn't about to change. See, what the deliverance, what was offered to them, you reject God and you can be set free. I ain't going to do it. I know what God told me. Y'all know the promises of God? You better find some. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. I don't want to go to God and say, yeah, God, I'm one of yours. I had to give in, though, Lord. You saw the circumstances I was in. I had to give in, but you're going you're to still let me come into your kingdom, right? He said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I'm going to deny you like you denied me. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. And we want to complain. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. That means they were sawed in two. And we can't do a little bit to lift our voices in praise. They were sawn asunder. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. And we can't afford nice clothes for ourselves. We want to get sad and depressed. Being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't even receive anything. On this earth. They went through all this stuff. Here we sit in luxury. These people went through all that stuff and they didn't even get anything for it on this earth. They suffered and endured. Why can't we? God, having provided some better thing for us, we got a lot easier than they did, don't they? He provided a better way for us. We don't have to go through all that nonsense. That they, without us, should not be made perfect. What I want to talk to you all about today is how God loves to do great things. Back at the verse 32 there, he mentioned several people. He mentioned Gideon. Y'all know the story of Gideon? Go back and read it. It's in Judges. Go back and read about Gideon. See, God called Gideon. About like you'd pick up a phone and call somebody. And what do they do? They answer. They say, yes, or hello. Or as my dad would say, yellow. I don't know where he got the Y from, but he put it in there. God called on Gideon. He said, hey, Gideon. And Gideon said... Yes, Lord. I've got something for you to do. See, God called Gideon to go and rid their land of the Midianites. There's an army, right? 
And he took 30,000. You know, some of us today, if you were to look at this huge army and you say, man, we got 30,000, but do you see how many's over there? He took 30,000. That's what he had. And when they got down there, they was camped nearby. And, you know, I'm sure Midian's kind of praying and God, you know, lead us in what to do, show us what to do. See, he heard God. God, God called him. And what did he do? He went. He was obedient. He believed God. Some of us need to believe God. What does that mean? I didn't say believe in God. I said we need to believe God. When God tells you something, take Him at His Word. Believe what He tells you. If God tells you to do something, believe Him that there's a reason to do it. So Gideon's probably praying and pleading with God. And God said, you don't even know what I'm going to do, boy. Just watch. He said, you see them 30,000 you got? That's way too many. That's way too many. And you know, Gideon, he had to be kind of... You want us to send people home, God? Wouldn't it be better to just go in there and say we had more than they did? Wouldn't it be better to just overrun them? God said in in, in that chapter in Judges, I think it's chapter 6, I may be wrong. He said, send them home. That's too many people. Otherwise, the Israelites may decide they did this on their own. But you watch what I'm going to do. So Gideon got up and he said, everybody that's scared or afraid and you want to go home, you can go. That left them with 10,000. A lot of scared folks, wasn't it? They're down to a third. God said, no, Gideon, that's still too many. (laughs) Y'all listen now. Y'all listen. He said, that's still too many. Because see, I'm going to get the glory for this. <laughs> oh man, listen now. We need to... We, y'all listen. Oh goodness gracious. Y'all need to focus on giving God the glory. See, we want to amass resources. We want to gather a bunch of people around us to support us and, and do this thing that we've conceived of. But what God says is, I don't care if you got 10, 20, 30,000. I'm going to get the glory. And I don't even need you to do it. Praise God. He said, Gideon, that's still too many. 10,000 is way too many. So I want you to take them down by the river. He said, all of them that that lap the water like a dog. He said, send them home. All of them that get down on their knees and put their face down in the water. Just send them home. We don't need them. So he was left with 300. 1%. Do the math. 1%. One one one-hundredth of what he had. Came with 30,000. Went to battle with 300. I don't have to tell you the end of the story. Oh, God received the glory in that day. Listen, 300 men set that army to flight. Slayed them. They're gone. 
vanquished. Whatever word you want to imagine, God received the glory because there ain't no other way it happened. There ain't no other way. But this word tells us that it would, you know, we don't have the time to expound upon every story you can imagine. Think about David. What did David do? David, young boy, I imagine probably somewhere in his mid teens. We got Wyatt here, we got Johnny back there. Imagine one of them going up against this 13 foot giant. Took several men just to carry a shield out there. Big, strong guy. What did David do? Did David say, I don't know, man. Y'all sure y'all want me to go? No, they didn't want him to go, did they? What did he say? No, let's go. Let's go. I know who my God is. I ain't going to let that heathen talk about my God like that. He is a mighty God. I'm going to take a stand. Because see, it ain't David that got the glory. God did. Because ain't nobody can look at David and say, that little guy just kicked that giant's tail from one end of this valley to the other. No, what David do? He went and picked up a few stones. Little stones. And took his sling and... Started whirling Reno that giant standard. What in the world? Are they trying to trick me or something? And that stone hit him dead center of the eyes and knocked him flat on his back. David took that giant sword and cut his head off. And you know what happened? David ended up becoming king. It wasn't because of what David did. It was because of what he allowed God to do through him. Praise God, we serve a wonderful God. We serve an awesome God. Oh man, let me tell y'all. God loves to do great exploits. He loves to do stuff just so awesome. There ain't no other explanation. Samson, I'll give you one more example. Man, you read Judges. Find some of the stuff Samson did. It would just blow your mind. Great, mighty strength. You know, it'd be real easy today for us to look at a guy, look at this young guy right here. I'd be afraid to type with him, man. Big arms, stout looking guy. Y'all imagine Samson grabbing a line and just ripping him in pieces like it's nothing. Y'all imagine Samson taking a jawbone of a donkey and just killing one after the other. How did the bone not break? God. Where did he get the supernatural strength? Well, he didn't cut his hair, right, Pastor Kevin? No. God put it there. At the end of his life, what did he do? He said, God, I know I've done wrong. I know I ain't done everything I'm supposed to. But one more time, I want you to receive the glory for it. He stood there in the midst of that big coliseum or whatever it was, put his hands on the pillars that was holding the thing up, and pushed, and the thing collapsed and killed thousands. How? The power of God. He wants to do great and mighty things. Well, what? Huh? I said God wants to do great and mighty things. You know what limits Him? You know what limits God? Us. 
us because we don't believe Him. We don't believe God. We think, oh, there ain't no way. You're right, there ain't no way with you. But there's plenty of ways with God. He'll just make something up. Why? Because He can. Because He's God. He wants to do great and mighty things. And y'all say, well, this is a nice history history lesson, Kevin. Well, what does this do for me? I'm going to tell you what it does for you. This whole chapter, if you read it, it's about faith. I'm trying to strengthen your faith today. I want you to understand these men. Oh, look back in there. I just barely scratched the surface of what God did back in the Old Testament. You look and see, He wanted to do great and mighty things. He had just picked some little simple person. Nothing special about him. What was David? He was a shepherd. Not only that, he was the run of the litter. Youngest one, just nothing special about him, but he said, you're going to be king. And watch what I'm going to do through you. He took Noah. Noah, just some average guy. He said, Everybody else in this world thinks about nothing but sin continually. And I'm going to destroy them. I want you to build a big boat. And I'm going to, I want you to take all these animals. You know how hard it is to collect animals like that? Wild animals? Some of y'all may go hog hunting. you got hog traps. Once you catch them, are they tame? Do they just obey your every command? <laughs> it's a fight, man. Noah couldn't have done that. God did it. He sent them to him. Just herded them right in there. You think they could have survived on that boat all that time with all them wild animals? You think there wasn't ever an opportunity for one of them to, for the fox to get into the chickens? How did they get to the end of their voyage and still have chickens? God. What does the Word say about Abraham? Y'all listen now. He said he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to have righteousness put on my record is to believe God. I didn't say believe in God. I said believe God. Listen to him. What did Abraham do? Abraham was chilling at the house in his home country. Got his family all around him. God spoke to him and said, Abraham. Actually, it was Abram at the time. He said, Abram, come out of there. I'm going to send you somewhere else. He didn't tell him where. I don't know if... Abraham even knew who it was was talking to him, but he knew it was somebody greater than he was, didn't he? See, God has a way of doing that. God has a way of, when He wants to speak to you, He has a way to get your attention. And everything else, all of a sudden, you forget about it for a minute. And you listen to Him. Imagine that. The Creator of you can open up a portal to your mind and speak to you. You think He has the power to do that? Amen, He has the power to do that. He said, Abraham, come out of there. Nothing but a bunch of pagans and heathens here. i got better plans for you. On later in his life. Now, y'all listen, I, 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 ain't, I ain't just wasting words here. I want you to hear what I'm saying. 
Abraham had his promised son. God promised him. He said, I'm going to raise up a mighty nation out of you. Out of your loins. You won't be able to number them. Like the sand on the seashore. You won't, you won't be able to count the number of, of people I'm bringing out of you, Abraham. Abraham didn't have any kids. Right? So God finally gave him a, a son through his wife Sarah, named who? Isaac. And then God said, Abraham, I want you to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him to me. I don't know if he said it or not. It's not recorded in the Bible. But I would have probably said, God, what would you say? What did you say? Abraham had a promise. He was promised a lineage through this man, this boy, right? This is his only son from Sarah. This is him, the promised child. And God wants him to sacrifice him. You know what Abraham did? First of all, like he had done before many times, he believed God. See, God had already made a promise. God had already made a promise, so he believed Him. Second thing he did was he was obedient. And if you look at all those examples I've given you today, you can find many other ones through that Bible, you'll see the same two things. They believed God and they were obedient to what God told them to do. Abraham went with full expectation, I didn't say hope, full expectation that God was going to provide a sacrifice and it wasn't going to be his son. He didn't argue with God. He said, no, God, there's got to be another way. He didn't do that. He said, yes, Lord. Took his son, fully prepared to sacrifice him to God. And just in the nick of time, as the Scripture tells us, not in those words, but the same meaning, there He is. The provision. The sacrifice. A ram. All of a sudden, by some weird turn of circumstances, gets His horns caught in a bush right there by Him. Here's this man about to kill his own son. The fire is ready. Ready to light it. Knife in the air, fixing to kill his son. And what's that? Angel of the Lord said, Hold on, Abraham. Here's your provision. Here's your sacrifice. This is what you need to do. Leave leave the boy alone. He believed God, y'all, to the very end. I guarantee you, if God hadn't provided... You know what Abraham believed? He believed that was a promise from God. Listen, this takes supernatural belief now. This ain't just common everyday worldly belief. you got to believe like this in the Spirit. I guarantee you Abraham knew with everything within him, this is the promised child, and if so be it, I will kill him, but I know my God. I know my God can raise him again. I know my God promised him and he will supply the need, right? That's my God, people. 
That's my God. I believe Him when He tells me something. It doesn't matter how outlandish it may seem. I believe Him. And I'm going to be obedient to the end. That's what we need to do. Quit worrying about numbers. Quit worrying about what we see as obstacles. My God is in control. You know, you might want to look at these people and say that they all wanted to serve God. So it makes it a little easier, right, when you want to serve God. That ain't necessarily the case, y'all. Some of these people didn't necessarily want to serve God. But you know what they did? They believed God and they were obedient. Man, that's a pretty simple concept. It don't matter if you want to serve God. Desire, emotions, has nothing to do with it. Are you going to be obedient or not? See, that's how God looks at it. God really doesn't care how you feel about it. Because He's God. Right? When I tell my kids, get up and go clean your room, I really don't care if they want to. I really don't care to give them any incentive to do it. I expect them to mind me and do what they're told to do, right? That's how God feels. Look, He's God! He has the right to expect something from us. He has the right and authority to expect us to be obedient to Him. Why are we so foolish to think that God gives one iota about how you feel about the situation? Forget about your feelings and believe God for what He says and do what He tells you to do. I don't care if you're tired. I don't care if you don't feel good today. Doesn't matter. Beside the point. I don't care if you got something else going on. It'll wait. Talked to a guy this past week. A friend of mine was trying to get him to go to a revival. He had already told him, yeah, I'm going to go, man. So, the afternoon before, he was supposed to go. He said, all right, man, are you going with me tonight? Man, i got to mow my yard. He said, what did you say? i got to mow my yard, man. I ain't been able to mow it for two weeks. Have you seen how tall my grass is? He was sitting in the chair there. I just, I took my foot and just kicked his leg. I said, do you realize how stupid that sounds? you got to mow your yard. You can't come up with nothing better than that. Your yard can wait till tomorrow. Man, have you seen my yard this high? You know what? So what? He said, I'm already going to have to mow it twice. I said, so go home and mow it one time and then mow it the second time tomorrow. It ain't hard to reason this thing out, man. You know he still didn't go. See, y'all want to sit there and judge him, don't you? You want to say, oh, I'd win. That's that's foolish. I'm about to hurt your feelings. 
How many times have you reasoned with yourself and said, you know, I've got things going on. I'm so busy. God understands. God understands, but that don't mean He condones it. He understands what you're thinking. He knows what's going on. That don't make it right. God says be obedient. He said, come do this. We ought to do it. I got to mow my yard. It's crazy. Foolishness. Sounds like a kid. That's the kind of stuff my kids come up with when I tell them, hey, go do this. Well, Daddy, I'll do it in just a minute. I'm trying to do this right now. I don't care. Can I just finish this game? No. You can turn it off and play later is what you can do. I don't care how you feel. Go do it. You think God don't ever think that way or feel that way? I guarantee you He gets frustrated with us. I'm pointing my finger finger at myself today. He gets frustrated with us. gets tired of our whining and complaining. God, if You'd just send more people, we'd be able to... We'd be able to do it. And then I read about Gideon and how he sent people away. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I just need to shut up and be obedient. See, it ain't always y'all that gets hammered. Hammer falls on me sometimes too. We got to believe God and be obedient. Simple as that. It ain't complicated. You ain't got to figure nothing out about it. Just listen to what He says. When I tell my kids to clean their room, there ain't nothing to figure out, is there? Daddy said clean the room. I got to go clean the room. When they say, okay, Daddy, I'm done, and I go look at it, they know before I go in there they ain't done. (laughs) We do the same thing. Okay, God, I'm doing the best I can. No, you ain't. Come on now. Who are you fooling? You may fool me. You ain't going to fool God. He's sitting there just shaking his head at you. Boy, pick up the pace. You can do better than that. One more little story before we quit. Last night we was watching that movie, Facing the Giants again. And there's a scene, if y'all hadn't seen it, you need to watch it. There's a scene where this uh, fairly influential boy on the football team does what they call a death crawl where he's got, he's got a guy hanging off his back. He's crawling on his hands and feet. And the coach says, can you, get, can you go to the 20-yard line? He says, I think I can do that, coach. I think I can do that. He said, can you go to the 30? He said, if I don't have nobody on me, I can go to the 30. He said, oh, you can do it. So he gets the guy down there, he gets him on his back, and he have him blindfolded. And the boy takes off. Coach is gagging him on the whole way. Come on, man, you can do it. You can do it. <clears throat> he gets down. He said, I know how I gotta be at the twenty by now. Now don't worry about where you are, just do it. He gets a little further down the field. I know I gotta be at least at the fifty, coach. 
Well, how much farther? Just don't worry about where you are, son. Just keep going. My arms are burning. I can't go no more. You can do it. You better negotiate with your body and find some more strength somewhere. You can do it. Don't you give up on me till you can't go no more. And that boy keeps pushing. Keeps pushing. And finally, he didn't, he didn't decide to rest or quit. His, he just collapses. He had given everything he had. And he said, look up, son, you're in the end zone. He had went the length of that field. Now, I know it's a movie. I know. I don't know if he really did it. He was awful sweaty. He may have. But I'm here to tell you today, I learned this in the army. You can always give more than what you think. You always got a little more that you can push in. Push through. And some of y'all are sitting here today thinking, I don't know what he's saying. definitely not preaching to me today. He's preaching to the rest of them. He's preaching to all of them on the other side that they don't ever do nothing. I'm telling you today, I'm preaching to every last one of you. You can do more than you're doing. I'm preaching to myself. I know I can do more than I'm doing. I hadn't even hit the point where I said, I just can't, I ain't got no more God. I just ain't been doing. You know what that's called? That's called laziness is what that's called. That word said that Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. I don't know if God would say the same thing about me. I want Him to though. I want Him to. When I get to heaven, and I know this is cliche sounding, when I get to heaven, I want to step before God and He's going to say, oh, you believe me. I saw you, man. You didn't waver. You gave me everything you had and then went digging for some more to give me some more. Come on in. Good and faithful servant. Y'all listen to them words. Good. What do you got to be to be good? Righteous. You got to believe God. Righteousness will be put on your record. He'll say, come on in. Good and faithful servant. Full of faith. Come on in. Great is your reward. Look, the Word tells me that Jesus went away for one reason. One reason only. He went to prepare a place for us. So that where He is... We can be there also. That's a promise from God, y'all. It's a promise from God. <clears throat> there ain't nothing in this world that can take that away. There ain't nothing. He went to prepare a place for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I want my place to be awesome. I want my mouth to hit the floor when I see it. You may say that's kind of self-seeking, Kevin. I don't care what you think. I want my God to be thoroughly impressed with what I've done. Right? If you got a great reward, it's because you did great things. It's because you served Him to your best, your greatest capacity that you could. 